This is Project Runway and I'm cold as <laughs> I need gloves. I need heat. I need something better to eat. Bravo! 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 I need gloves. I need heat. <laughs> I need something better to eat. That's our Project Runway Campfire song. And um, everyone, this is a workroom first where I am in the same room as my co-host and I can say to Patricia's face, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. It's nice to do this in person. Yeah. Also, okay, so when I pronounce your name, I always say Patricia. Fine. Is it okay? It's fine. I actually like my full name. I don't really have a preference on how anyone pronounces it. Okay. I just don't like the little, like, you know, Pat, Patsy, Trishy, Boo Boos. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, good to know. Good to know. Because I'm just like, am I using, should I use a, use a Latin C or should I use a Spanish C? I don't know. That's a oh, Z, right? You know what? I really, as long as it's the full name instead of respectfully, I, yeah. I, I, I accept it all. I okay. Really, I really do. All right. Good to know. All right. Yeah. Great. Well, um, but yeah, this is wonderful. Get to look at your face while we <laughs> go over this oh show. <laughs> and um, we are also recording from the wonderful Hunter College just to kind of place us. We just got done with a really great critique session that's also to place us as artists. That's what we do in real life as well. This is also, this is like hyper real life. Um, and I mean, for me, at least, <laughs> I mean, I talk about Project Runway all the time um, in my real life and also, you know, with whatever. But um, but yeah, no, we're here recording and um, we're going to just kind of dive into the show. But before we go, just to remind everyone, you can find us on um, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you get your your podcast downloads. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And again, thank you all for your feedback about the show, for checking in on us and for sending really kind notes and messages. It's really great to hear from you. And then also, this is the first week where we are lifetime free. So farewell, lifetime, you know, but also kind of thank goodness that there's just one show to watch. And so I'm so happy, but also kind of sad, you know, it's bittersweet, whatever. But we're gonna get into this latest episode um, called Survive in Style. And um, yeah, so before we start, I want to check in with you, Patricia. Yeah. Is there anything you want to get off your chest about last episode or anything oh. that's like an overarching idea that you've just been holding in that you want to like get off your chest? Um, well, I think that... No, you're fine. I'm yeah. fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I will say a lot more about the last episode mm -hmm. in comparison to this week's episode. Okay. But the one thing, I'm sad to see Nadine go. Well, actually, not really. I'm sad to not have a chance to see what Nadine could do. Mm -hmm. If Nadine was ready to go, then I want Nadine to be happy yeah. doing what makes yeah. her happy. And it seemed like being in that group was just too distracting 
for her. It was sad to see her take out her aggressions on her model. Didn't enjoy that. But also yeah. I was a little annoyed with, again, a lot of these decisions around the show where why is the, the sort of episode where we have the angry brown woman called All the Rage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, God. I mean, I understand that yeah. it was said earlier, at the very beginning, Prince were All the Rage, Oh, blah, my blah, blah, goodness. Blah. But that's still, why. You know what? I didn't even really think about that. I think you did, because I, I think I know this from you saying it. Yeah, I was questioning why it was um, titled that, because it didn't make any sense to me. But I think actually, I got that from you. Okay. All right. But still, like, if you have an episode where, like, a woman gets upset and you call it rage. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit, again, it feels very responsible to me. It feels yeah. very kind of not thought through. It feels like, wow, you're comfortable affirming that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. And then that also looks back to the type of edit Nadine was getting. And also the, you know, just, I mean, and, and even thinking about what it's like to be an older woman with children and you're in this like you know dorm room dorm room style college freshman dorm setting and you know i i don't it, it, to me i kind of related to some of her complaints about you go from living a very autonomous life or a life that's you're, that you're controlling and you go into this and you're thinking that you're there to do a specific thing mm -hmm. um you're there to make clothes and be on project runway but promote yourself yeah yeah and not really mm -hmm. understanding that there's also this other element of of challenge on top of it with dealing with all of these characters and, mm -hmm. and dealing with teams and personalities and then, you know, also dealing with Hester and Tessa and that whole dynamic in the workroom is difficult. Yeah. So And maybe even just pushy producers. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. You know. All right. Well, okay. So let's get into this episode here. And, um, whoops, forgot to put that on mute. Yay. <laughs> In the background. Okay. So I'm just going to have this on back there. So yeah. So, so this is the thing we, we just finished this very, um, intense and probably really long and grueling, uh, critique session on the runway. And we are immediately into the challenge for the next episode because Carly Kloss walks in. She's still wearing that questionable panther, panther cheetah type dress. Um, it, everyone else is kind of debriefing. They've just, well, actually, Nadine has just said bye. I don't, you know, peace out to mm -hmm. everyone else. Comes in and it's kind of like there's, there's no, there's no rest. And this is where I was like, maybe it was great that Nadine actually went home mm -hmm. because, um, this is where they're, pushing them to be even more tired. And that's kind of the equivalent of like, you know, if you think about Big Brother or how, not Big Brother, what's it, what's it called? The Bachelor. Like how they kind of produce that. They just kind of make sure that everyone's really liquored up. I never watched that show. Yeah. So I, don't know. I don't really watch it either. But I've watched, um, uh, oh shoot, this is terrible. The Lifetime Show. That's based off of The Bachelor. So sorry, people. Because uh, I know Dating that one person, dating that... Dating people I've never met. Oh, yeah. No, show? that's Married at First oh, Married Sight. Married at First Sight. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, is this real? Is this like modern? It's, it's weird. Anyway. Oh, God. But, um, oh, man, I can't believe I, it. I'm totally blanking out. Of, but but I, people I know. know what I'm talking about. But okay. one of, the, one of the, the tools that the producers use is just to liquor everyone up to, you know, 
to dissolve your defenses, blah, blah. Mm. But another thing that they do is, hey, um, lack of sleep mm. and make sure that they're really tired and kind of weary yeah. and stressed out in a way and um, always bombarded by stuff. And so this is where I'm like, uh-oh, this is a red flag in a way. So anyway, so we have Carly coming in. And I also love how she's just like, oh, my God, is this the lounge? Oh, wow, I've never been back here. This is interesting. And But it's time to present the challenge. Everyone knows this. But also something that I noticed that is kind of like a contrast to Project Runway with Heidi Klum. Whenever Heidi Klum would enter the designer spaces, it was always like a myriad of like of reactions. Like, oh, my God, it's Heidi Klum. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. Like, I know I'm on the show, but then she's in her presence. She's in her space. And the then angel like, is here. I know. It's like, <laughs> what's happening? It's just still is like aura of celebrity. And then Carly, they're like, oh, hey, Carly. What's up, girl? Like, how you doing? And I don't know if it's an age thing or if it's just like Carly class is not highly clue. And which is, which is fine. Fine and fair. Yeah. But in how the designers are reacting to her, like definitely not. Heidi Klum. Anyway, so she kind of presents the teaser to the challenge, not the real challenge. And so um, what she says is that they will meet, they're going on a trip, and they're going to meet Christian Siriano at a place where fashion had its very beginnings. And she goes, I'm sending down vans that are going to pick you up at 6 a.m. tomorrow, bring a raincoat, and pack warmly and that's all and they're just like um fashion where did fashion start she goes that's the clue and she leaves <laughs> and she leaves everyone to kind of like contemplate and speculate suspense like, exactly she's like mm-hmm. did you guys watch the show like this is something that Heidi did I'm still doing the same thing and and so <laughs> so like people are like um did you guys bring passports right right and, Everyone thinks that they're going to... Okay, so we have Vinny who's like... They're like, wait, pack warmly? What? I thought I thought we were going to Paris or something. And then Cole was like, London? Maybe London? <laughs> and it's like, who who brought a passport? Who who did this? Who did this? And of course, like immediately in my notes, I just wrote, fashion did not begin in Europe. Mm. But I didn't really have to scream about that too long at the television because someone, someone off camera said it. Thank goodness, yeah. I think it might have been Bishmi. Bish, I thought it was Bishmi okay. too. Okay, I, mean, yeah. I don't know, but I thought it was Bishmi. Yeah, I, I played it back a couple times. I was like, whose voice was that? Thank God they kept that edit in because I can't believe no one was just like, oh, how about, you know. Antarctica. <laughs> I know. Where did civilization begin? Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, are you guys just thinking as far back as I was thinking that in terms of Paris you're like oh what about Versailles like there is fashion even before you know Louis the 14th or whatever like we can come on Vinny anyway so we all know that fashion did not begin in Europe so we're going to find out where fashion began um we go to them waking up at I don't know the crack of dawn like getting ready or whatever and um I noticed that the designers were 12 minutes late to their van <laughs> because they were supposed to meet Carly's vans at 6 a.m., but they didn't get there until like 6, 12 a.m. Mm. And that's what the Chiron said. And I was just like, I wonder if the Chiron is there to shame them for being late. Funny. They were all Funny. together. Um, yeah. Anyway, they still think they're flying. They still think they're doing whatever. They're in the cars. They're speculating about where they're going. And the New Yorkers are kind of like, oh, 
we're crossing some bridge. We could still be going to JFK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could still be going to like LaGuardia, maybe. But they keep going, and I, I thought it sounded like they were going through Long Island, but I think they might have gone to Jersey, but upstate, right? I don't know. Okay, I'm shaking right. my head. No. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at Patricia's face, and I'm like, I, you know, okay. So I tell you, oh, you know where they went. Yeah. So I know okay. where they went. Okay. So this is the thing because I didn't, I didn't like track track where it was. So they finally have their like little fancy van. They realize, oh my gosh, there's foliage. Oh, there's trees. There's oh, deer. it's nature. Oh, there's animals outside. What's <laughs> going on? So finally they get to where Christian is and, you know, they kind of, they're really excited. Some of them are more excited than others, but I, I believe that they're all like prancing or running towards Christian once they saw him. But anyway, they get to their area. There's a clearing with tents set up and things set up in front of the tents. So they're walking down this hill, and finally they get to Christian, and they're just like, yeah, so um, welcome to Toad Hill Woodlands. We're here out in nature. And it's kind of like, yeah, so let me give you a short little history lesson about civilization, like Mm -hmm. 150 thousand years ago, blah, 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 nature, nature, nature. So this is the answer to the beginnings of fashion. And um, Christian makes it very well known that he's not an outdoor cat. He's not someone that's like really into this, but this is interesting and they should also be interested and inspired to be outside and to be amongst the, the trees and everything. And also I thought about how this is kind of counter to what I thought they were doing to the designers because in a way this is very uplifting mm-hmm. to be outside and it's kind of you know just to kind of put some mental health care in there just actually walking around in nature really is helpful for your um brain waves yeah yeah and also can be inspiring fresh air getting out of the workroom for a little bit but anyway so he lays out the rest of the challenge and says, like, we're in nature where fashion truly began, where people um, make clothes for themselves so they could survive. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So this is, so it's for survival and not, like, a shameful reaction to, you know, someone named Eve out there, like, eating an apple. And then mm-hmm. re- realizing that we all have genitals and we should be ashamed of those genitals and just, like, hide it up. And so I was like, hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> we didn't even talk about this, but there was somebody who's garment i was like oh my god no and that's exactly the reason that you just said is why i'm not so happy with one of the garments mm-hmm. but I'll, we'll get to it and yeah yeah we will get to it so someone came up with their own origin story about like why people start wearing clothes <laughs> anyway so the 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 idea of the challenge is to approach survival wear with a fashionable layer so there is this idea of like you know we're going to use this idea of surviving the elements. And when you think about survivor wear, you don't you think about maybe like vests or camo, which we've seen a lot, or other things that are very utilitarian. But their job is to also make it chic. So survival chic, I think, is the word that they use yeah. for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the most important part of this challenge is that this is the unconventional materials challenge. And... To make it clear, the judges are looking for how well they use the unconventional materials and how well they execute the look of survival chic, like that word again. 
Meaning like, is it practical, I guess? Something that you can actually use for them to, to, to protect yourself from the elements. Anyway, um, so yeah, I think we, we hear a little bit from Hester oh. how she's also a club kid, which I thought was giving Garl Sparrow a run for his club kid um, storyline that we got last week. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so what else about Hester is just unfoiling like, like an, like an, like a sunshine onion. That's actually or more like, like a, a, a really old, like type of LSD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe you want to yeah. cut that out. <laughs> yeah. No one that like, it's been in the back of my bag. It's been in the bottom of my purse for, I don't know, like maybe 40 years. Too long. <laughs> yeah. And then you kind of like put that on your tongue and then it's just like you get Hester. Hester pops out. And you know what? She said something really funny, which maybe you were going to say it, where I was the person running around with a hot glue gun in a 99 cent store. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. No, I didn't write it down. She says something a lot of things like that. and I don't really write it down. But yeah, a hot gun, a hot gun, a dream and a 99 cent store. Yeah. Yeah. A hot glue gun. I should a hot say. glue gun. A hot glue gun, mm -hmm. a dream and a 99 cent store. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, she's able to do anything also quite a bit of like i don't know i it, there's it, i i you know i'll i feel like i'll hash out my feelings about hester throughout this season because i think she's going to be around for a while and every every episode i'm like i feel like i know less about you like you make mm -hmm. less sense to me which is fine because that's just gonna I feel like she's just gonna continue on for all as we make it make our way through. Um But I've noticed that she's very calm whenever mm -hmm. Marnie's around. I noticed this in the last episode. Yes. It was almost like she encountered this other being with really crazy prints. <laughs> and all of a sudden <laughs> there was calm. Yeah. There was peace. Yeah. Things fell into place. You know? She actually says that and we'll, we'll like probably touch on it later, but she, but there is this there is this thing, and and Nalan touched on it last oh. episode that they both have this energy and almost kind of a performed affect or or like the very I would say self conscious the, yeah yes very self conscious very aware of where my body is in space and how I look how I'm photographed how I'm filmed but how much is that like I wonder. Not so much Marnie, or maybe Marnie, but how much is how much of that is a reaction to cameras being there? Because I know I would be so self-conscious anytime there's a camera in the room. But they, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but they I, seem like more more of who they are, and I mm -hmm. wonder if that's a function of just having an invasive crew there all the time. And like, not everybody can normalize around. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, yeah, no, I, I, and who knows? Like, you just kind of have no idea. But I think with Hester, it might be coming through with her neuroses in a way, perhaps. And then you kind of need for her something that's familiar to relate to. Someone like Marnie, who just by her presence and the things that she's wearing is also kind of ha doing like things that are, that are put upon. Because Hester, the way she dresses and yeah. the way she does her hair, everything is just very precise and it's very specific and to me yeah. she's just like a walking 
bundle of irony because it's kind of like Hester. Yeah, yeah, and and it's kind of hilarious, but at the same time, it's a little disconcerting. It's kind of sad as well. Just that her she's Hester Sunshine. I totally forgot that that was that's her last name or the, oh, the name that she's chosen, right? Because it's just. She's kind of like the opposite of sunshine. Whatever, it's fine. But she has that nice yellow sunshine cap that says, please die. (laughs) 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 She does. She has lots of irony. I mean, yeah, she had like the the devilish beret last week. And, you know, Hester, let's, let's, okay, let's get to it. So Christian and Siriano gives them their challenge and then... Tells them about their the lay of the land. They they're going to work outside. The brother sewing machine has been set up by the wonderful dear dear props team. Um, their material set up in front of the tents, and then they have their um, what do you call them? Their their dress forms outside, and they just kind of have to get to it. And they're going to camp at night. They're going to be sleeping out there. <laughs> this is a one day challenge as well. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. So they camped that night. Oh, wait. No, it's Oh, wait. Not. No, it's, it's a two-day two challenge. It's yeah, two because challenge. they camped twice. Right. So they're going to camp that night, and then they're going to be out there another night. Right. And then the next day is going to be the runway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because there's s'mores before runway. Yeah, there somehow. are. I know. <laughs> Gosh, how are they able to, like... But also what's interesting... And we'll get to it. Sorry. There are so many thoughts. Okay. Let's, let's get to it. So Christian... Sends them off darting around for their stuff. And so we have a little bit of the normal craziness that goes around this unconventional challenge thing where people are just like, oh, let me grab stuff. But we also see that they have, I guess, to survive in the wild, you need a, a yoga mat. To sleep on. To sleep on. People okay. use that. Yeah. So their whole yoga mats, sleeping bags, netting, rope all over the place. Um, they're also able to use like leaves and branches and twigs and things that are actually from nature. Um, yeah. So anyway, so he lets them loose on the survival kick. Patricia. Yeah. Anything about this section that stood out to you? So Bishmi coming on to say that, oh my God, Marnie, I'm so glad Marnie's going to be here with us because she can style a trash bag and make it look great. I'm like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure there are many of us who are tired of hearing that and maybe so I personally think it's very e- easy to style a trash bag <laughs> because that has some textile strength mm-hmm. that can be pulled and can hold its own material like it can hold itself up in ways yeah now I don't want to make it sound like Marnie isn't exceptional yes Marnie is exceptional at her yeah. job yeah but that's not an example I would give to exemplify how good she is and also instead of hearing this this person can style a trash bag and make it look wonderful metaphor I would like to hear something like that person can style a potato sack burlap bag and make it look like something Patricia Morrison would wear yeah to Whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something that's actually hard to work with. Yeah. Like burlap. Yeah. (laughs) Something totally not easy, that lends itself easily to a sophisticated construction that anything plastic will have and and will kind of by itself contain. Yeah. I mean, it's also kind of like that's, um, I know you always have to have someone who's touting how brilliant 
Marnie is. And I love how they always kind of reference, they have to reference her Kardashian because I feel like the most extraordinary thing that she says has done is with Beyonce pretty much. And so, um, but, but yeah. And also I, I wasn't really looking forward to her coming back for this challenge. I thought, you know, she was very helpful with the print challenge, very much needed and showed off her chops for that, Mm -hmm. um, saved some outfits. But for this one, it's kind of like, are you going to be here every week? And I don't really know how I feel about that. Didn't they say that um, Marnie will be here for the season? Well, for the season, but only when styling really counts. And so I, for this, for the unconventional challenge, didn't think that I, uh, styling always counts. So uh, uh, it, it just kind of feels like they're going to use it as an excuse whenever to bring her in and out. But, um, but I thought for this one, I think, I feel like we need a break from her just to have her be more special mm. as a guest and someone who is a very prestigious get for, for this show. So yeah, anyway, but also yeah. I think it's always great for the designers to be, to get FaceTime with her. So I get it. I get it. Um, right. So, but anything else we, 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 okay. So people are just like grabbing stuff. Um, and I thought it was interesting. So with Renee, who talks about her, she, she does not like to camp, um, flunked out of Girl Scouts apparently. And, but all of her kids, I think all of her nine kids are either, are some of the scouts like she has. And, and it's, and, and I thought it was really wonderful. She's like, I flunked out of it, but my kids are able to just, you know, they can survive in like a, you know, the, the depths of a volcano. Like who knows what, what they're able to do. And um, so she's channeling them in a way, like if they were out scouting and her approach to the challenge is, she keeps saying is very literal, but there's a moment when she grabbed a water bottle or like one of those jug things. And then someone else has a jug. I can't remember who it was. It was either, I think it might've been Vinny, but she's like, well, yeah, no, you gotta like get some water, right? You have to get something to fill up with water. Like, that's an interesting way of thinking of this. I would have, if I were to do it, I think I would have run for twigs and branches. Renee really let her mind go to that place Mm -hmm. of what would I need? Yeah. Yeah. I need a tarp. I don't know. I need some rope. I need some other stuff. Um, we, we have like a little thing with, um, with people's piles. And last week there was a controversy already shown on the, um, the, you know, the teaser or whatever, but we have people taking things from each other's piles. (laughs) And then Hester, poor Hester makes her own pile and sets it aside. And, uh, Leela, and a couple of other designers kind of take from it. They ask out loud, is this anyone's? Like, do, I wonder if this isn't anyone's and I'm just going to take it. And then last week I was wondering, like, how is it that they're stealing from each other's piles? That's weird. But I realized that, um, yeah, things are just kind of out in the open. And even the way they've set up this unconventional material challenge, they just laid out stuff on tarps. So it was kind of, to me, it was kind of easy to get mixed up but also i thought it was interesting for instance when COVID takes garo's sparrow's uh blue yoga mat and we hear garo going who took my blue yoga mat COVID, COVID, and COVID's like do 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 stepping away i didn't hear you i'm like did you just 
did you really not hear him? I'm going to flounce my arms this like, direction. Dude, 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 just going to go. Like, I don't know what's happening. I'm not really present. I'm just, you know, not of this world 100% of the time. And I just took this yoga mat. You know, it was just it's there. He was like, that was mine. You know, I'm like, and also would COVID get away with, I mean, would he get away with it if it were COVID? If it were someone else, would Garo Sparrow run after him like, give me my fucking yoga mat back, man. But like, it's COVID. So, right. I don't know. And people seem uh, people seem to really like COVID. Yeah. You know. But there's this genius thing that Hester says during this pile drama mm-hmm. moment. Um, Hester says, what was it about my pile that was open territory? <laughs> and I think that's exceptional mm-hmm. because Hester's pile does not look like a pile. Hester's yeah. pile is going to be much more on the, let's say, the experimental form of piles. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no one is going to, well, no one did look at that and recognize as somebody's pile. And yeah. I, I think there's actually something kind of genius about that, about hmm. gathering things and then having people question if that belongs to anyone. <laughs> Because there's something that I actually, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm happy that happened to her. Yeah, I'm sure that yeah. felt terrible right. because you're working and all of a sudden people take your stuff. Yeah. Not cool. But there's also something very interesting to me about someone creating a pile that makes sense to them mm-hmm. that confuses everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And for everyone, they, they're, they're thinking this kind of looks similar to the way it was set up for us to take or, I'm going to, and that's why I was wondering about how that they were, how they were interacting with other people's piles around because, yeah, there's a lot of leaf cover in the clearing where they are, but also wondering if there's a sense of just, I don't know, just weird entitlement to shit. Mm. You know, I'm just going to take this. I'm going to kind of, you know, ask it to the wind and let it flow out just so that I can say, well, you know what? I checked in. And I, you know, didn't really know. No one answered. It's like, well, yeah. are you really trying? And that's one of the most uninteresting and thoroughly boring things about this show for me mm-hmm. is how um, there's so much incentive about the run for it. Yeah. Go pick the card. Go pick I your know. model. So here it's the same thing. Oh, you see a pile? Go take it. Yeah. And that's really boring to me because yeah. it, it's just not good television for me yeah it's not interesting yeah and i know for you know and then again this is like we're a super fan show we do deep dives and for me <laughs> I, you know i often say i want a camera like i want a camera on sebastian at all times <laughs> i want a camera on sebastian and his dress form because i want to know what his fingers are doing or the tools that he's using to do whatever i, I i'm interested in that and also with this i'm just like Oh, I really kind of want to see what you guys are choosing, what you're picking. It's like that with, with most things. But also, um, you know, we're not in mood. You know, we're not. We don't have like twenty or fifteen minutes to go through this gigantic warehouse. It's like you guys are running around a, a clearing where you can see everything. <laughs> you know, it's really not that that whatever. And but, in Staten Island. Oh yeah. Okay, they're in Staten Island. <laughs> Where the foliage, there's not that much variety of foliage. Right. <laughs> we forgot about the stat. We forgot I to talk know. about Shaolin. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, we're on Staten Island. I didn't know that. I didn't look it up. It's just so crazy. Well, I've been, I've been to Tottenville. I haven't been to the woods. 
but I've been to Tottenville. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was really funny when Christian Siriano called it Toteville. Okay. <laughs> like a toad. You know, it's like, it's not really quite a Toteville territory. I wrote, I wrote but... down Toadville. <laughs> like toads and frogs. I was like, Toadville, where is that? That Because to me, I was like, it sounds like Jersey or upstate. This is very, very, su it's like southern tip okay. of Staten Island. Yeah. Southern, if Manhattan is to the north. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting because you would never think that this is what you would find in Staten Island unless it were a gigantic park. Entre nous. <laughs> <laughs> Beaches there are quite fabulous, just so you know. Oh, good to know. Entre nous. <laughs> I mean, I would seriously look for... Nobody around. You can go hmm. nudie. Interesting. Because I, you know, you can also go nude in Jersey near, I think it's like Stony or Stone, was it? This has way less people. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Like if, if any. Okay. I will put a link in the show notes for any listeners who are interested. No, I think we should keep it like, <laughs> we should keep it like, if you don't hear the podcast, then you don't know the juicy tidbit. You know what? Okay. <laughs> We'll keep it a secret. So no show notes. Oh, yeah. That's why it's Entre nous. <laughs> because Entre nous, I thought meant... Oh, between us. Oh. Like between us. Because I was like, you should go. Like, go right in. Like, well, like, go... Oh, that's bienvenue. Oh, bienvenue. Okay. Bienvenue means welcome. Okay. Yeah. My French is so terrible. I oh, believe me, so is mine, but... Man, I'm learning. Anyway, let's move on. I'm in, like, from my horrible French. But I just think that, wow, Project Runway went to Staten Island for a show about nature, about less than a mile away from where the Fresh Kill um, water, uh, it was actually a waste treatment facility was, which is now yeah. a park. Yeah. Um, I think it's called Fresh, Fresh something, Fresh Kill Park or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but it's part of one of, like, well... Yeah, there are a lot of yeah, and that's interesting too because Staten Island is no, known for um, it's the where there are lots borough. of yeah, but it's also you think about you think of it as um, having one of the largest landfills or where a lot of our trash goes to. Yeah. So also, why I would never think that this would be Staten Island? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks so different than any other part of or any other borough mm -hmm. of New York City because it's made for cars and it feels suburban it's yeah. not necessarily it's very much house right and house ownership mostly mostly yeah. house ownership yeah. um urban organization in a yeah. way that other boroughs are more compressed yeah yeah so exactly. for me it's kind of interesting oh this is the nature challenge like i would have wanted to see a nature an urban nature challenge mm -hmm. in the bronx mm -hmm. and an urban challenge in staten island oh yeah you know because that yeah. plays a little more with expectations that we have about those spaces yeah but that's just me because that's another thing there are beautiful natural spaces in the bronx too yeah beautiful beaches there as well so yeah, yeah. there's yeah. also an island <laughs> also <laughs> Yay. Okay. So, but you kind of sort of opened up us up to the next part of this where Christian stops them from working or for, from gathering things. Hester eventually recovers a lot of her lost or picked from shit because people are like, oh, I didn't know. And, you know, and yeah. so, but not all of it. Um, quite a bit of it was picked off. But also that they're, Calm cards are at the top of this hill on a table 
in their outdoor workroom and that it's a random pick. They're making it more explicit this week. We, I, I mentioned this on the pod last week that I just figured out that they don't get to know or they're not able to choose. It's all kind of random, just pick a card, whatever. But as soon as Christian says this, three people take off. I believe it was Jamal. I think Vinny was in there as well. Sonia? Yeah. And then um, quickly, Leela follows them uphill too. And then we have Tessa, who's just like, it doesn't really matter. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take who I, who I have. I'll get who I get. That was refreshing. Yeah. Because it's one of those things. Like, again, talking about this scramble for, for, for things, for, just for the sake of it. Um, you know, there's no need to rush, guys. It's fine. Go up and you guys all know who the models are. You're, you're, you're okay. You'll get who you get. Yeah. Um, this is the one point where I was like, I agree with you, Tessa. That's fine. Um, anyway, so yes, so they, they make their way up and this, this essentially starts the beginning of the work time of their time in the workroom and, um, everyone gets to like, they're playing around with their materials and we have this time where they're talking to one another about just how they're going to, um, approach the challenge and blah, 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 things like that. And yeah, I mean, anything that kind of right away stood out about the very beginnings of this for you? No, no. But the moment I heard about Renee making a utility dress, I was very excited. Okay. Why? Because I really liked the look that she made um, for the first episode mm-hmm. that I thought should have won. Mm-hmm. So I sort of think that she thinks best when she has like a lot of fabric to work with and a lot of something to shape. Yeah. So I thought, oh, she has a lot of stuff to shape. So yeah. I want to see what she shaped. That that was sort of how I was thinking about Renee at that point in time. That's a really good point about her. I mean, especially since, you know, we had Renee last um, last episode doing something with this camo fabric and doing something in relatively the same shape and form as the first dress. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's like a great observation. There's something about Sebastian that I didn't quite understand about his approach to it, where he was going to use, he, he was going to make his, his outfit, but without having to use a sewing machine. Um, so he's kind of like got this technique up and, um, doing something in that, you know, that form or whatever. We also, um, let's see, we also hear a little bit from Jamal who I, I like to bring up often because I, I think Jamal is a little stuck in, I mean, design and concept wise in, um, a very important runway show that he just had at New York Fashion Week last year, obviously. Um, but, you know, we kind of were hearing a lot of people who are working with sleeping bags, yoga mats. Um, these are materials that they did give them. Mylar, tarps, things like that. Netting. Netting, yeah. A lot of things that that approximate fabric or that can be run through a sewing machine or, or you know, can be torn apart but still you know, they have, it's just, you know, woven fabrics that they already have or, or plastic vinyl type things that, um, or I think it's interesting that they gave them these types of materials to choose from because I wouldn't necessarily think of them as being unconventional. And if they're going to give them things that have, you know, that are made of fabric, Mm -hmm. then I was sort of hoping that 
someone would give them the prompt that they would have to transform them mm. immensely so that they wouldn't look like their normal form. But they're kind of setting them up to just, to me, it seems like kind of an easy unconventional challenge in a way. So, well, one of the easier ones for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, for them, like for me, this would be not, but for them, yeah. yes. Yes, exactly. Um, um, one thing that's really interesting Tess is making a loom. Yeah, and before this, we have Jamal talk about the puffer. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, right? Yeah, I was bringing up the, his, his idea of the puffer coat, but it, and we have that little, that, that very brief reprieve of his fashion show and it's like yeah like another puffer jacket yeah and what did you think about what well I actually really normally I get annoyed with sort of like the emotional backstory because I'm like oh my god that's your life you know or, or whatever I just feel like oh television is so prying yeah but yeah. um but I enjoyed hearing Jamal's story about why he finds the puffer as a material that makes him feel guarded and protected. Yes. I'm glad you brought this up because I kind of glossed over it. <laughs> I don't know why. I have... You're like, a, I know. <laughs> no, no. And, it's, and it's, it's really strange. And I think because as opposed to other seasons of Project Runway, I'm having to get a little used to how they're trickling out everyone's backstories in a way that I think is very mindful and almost seamless to me and it's i and i so i okay so the the thing about jamal is that he um was raised by his grandmother um you know he had um uh, uh his mother and father but his mother how he says it is she couldn't take care of him and so he went to live with his grandmother who was white and he grew up with you know being the the kid of color you know like a mixed race child raised by this white woman and having to deal with, um, yeah, just with like, you know, like the identity issues, like feeling like you're an outsider. Um, yeah. Um, Jamal said, I never felt like I was black enough. Mm -hmm. And I was here so much. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea of, and it's so funny because I was like, did you ever feel like, of course, like he couldn't be white enough. He's not white, but couldn't be black enough, not black. And, um, and how this idea of a jacket, this puffer jacket, is something that you can kind of like hide in. And what came to my my mind, which I did not write in my notes, but I thought about in when I was in third grade, I wore this green jacket every day because, well, I have like most because I'm like I don't want anyone to see my body, and I was I transitioned from. Um, like a Catholic school to a public school where people were just like, you know, people made fun of my clothes and made fun of my shoes. But I never really had to deal with that because we wore uniforms in Catholic school. And yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, shoes are important mm -hmm. in public school? Like, what? Mm -hmm. Who cares? And so the jacket hid, I, I hid in that jacket and hid my clothes. I hid my body. I didn't, no one had to really comment on, on you know, the size of my legs because, you know, oh I had God. what, I don't know if anyone out there uh, in because my 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 family is southern from louisiana and there's this term that you refer to legs like you call them pretty legs like if your legs are big they say oh she she got some pretty legs over there or they or they say you got some baseball legs some baseball bat legs and that's actually attractive but wow. it's kind of like when you're eight it's like um 
I don't even want to look at my legs, so I will like wear this long jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say that at that age, I was getting called toothpick legs, and that was not attractive, or that, like, or match, like matches. Match, yeah. Matchstick, yeah. matchstick legs. Yeah, yeah. And that was not attractive, and I was very self-conscious of my legs yes. at that age. But it would make you unconscious, yeah. self-conscious about your legs, period. Because I remember I wanted chicken legs because that's what you would call <laughs> magic legs. Like chicken legs. Are, those are the thin I legs. I want them. <laughs> and I was like, I want that. And who knows? I'm pretty sure there are like little kids who are called chicken legs who are like, I don't want chicken legs. I want baseball bat legs. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want baseball bat legs. But also anyway, so just to kind of continue this really long story, um, but sidetracking us into like high school, there was this kid and I grew up in L.A., and there was this kid who would always wear this gigantic black puffer jacket in like throughout the year. So even in the summer when it was like 90 degrees outside. And I thought about him when Jamal mentioned how he used this as a cover because in high school and middle school and in elementary school, like there are a lot of, especially in LA, where if you're wearing a jacket, it's very obvious. Like it's very a very conspicuous <laughs> choice to to use outerwear as a way of hiding yourself. So I appreciated that. And at the same time, I'm like, okay, all right, you're getting, you're getting this out of your system. But also I need to be a little bit more respectful of this puffer jacket motif because, yeah, it's good to have this context. I appreciated knowing about a connection to the material. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, that's so good to know. Yeah. I really appreciated that. Yeah, and I think it's interesting for him because last week we had, you know, we had the, uh, oh no, not the not last week when we had the, um, um, oh gosh, when was this? Um, what? I think it might have been. Oh no, I'm blanking. I think it was last week or not? Uh, maybe the week before where you. Oh gosh, this is so terrible. <laughs> um, there was like an like a like an unconventional approach to challenge. Like, forgive me, listeners. Where Jamal says, "Oh, great! I don't have to talk about how these clothes will function in the world." Oh, the editorial yes challenge editorial challenge, yeah, and how it's more important for him to think about it as like a sculptural material. And I and yeah, it makes more sense with his backstory about why mm. the person is secondary and that's not necessarily to dismiss your model or dismiss women. It's just that this is the primary focus. Yeah, the emotional armor yeah. is yeah. the primary force. Yeah, yeah. It really is great. Um, okay, yeah. So we have six hours until the end of, the, of day one. Um, and we have Tessa making a loom, which we've seen before, but... Mm. Really? She's made a loom before? Oh, actually, I shouldn't say that. Tessa has never made a loom before oh. in her life, apparently. But we have seen designers make looms. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. And, and, I, and I say that because she's making a loom. And everyone's like, oh, my God, Tessa, it's so cool. This is amazing. What are you doing? Making this is a textile like, for an unconventional materials challenge did not strike me as unconventional. No, it really <laughs> didn't. I'm just like... And she knows how to use a loom because she is a, she is the youngest member of the Weavers Guild of Cincinnati. Wah, and, wah. Okay, wonderful. Congratulations. <laughs> I felt wah, wah. Yeah, I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and then, I don't know, and we, we kind of have this weird continued dynamic going on between Afa and Tessa where Tessa seems to be the unofficial mentor to Afa ever since the group how, challenge. But she looked so annoyed, and I didn't... I was like, 
Tessa, someone's coming to you for advice. Mm-hmm. I think Tessa tried to help, but I didn't appreciate how annoyed Tessa seemed by Afa coming over and asking. And I thought as, because Afa in, I think the second episode was very uncomfortable about, to me, seemed mm-hmm. to me unco- uncomfortable about working with Tessa. Yeah. And was very skeptical, you know, Afa wanted to do sequins and glitter. Tessa, Tessa is about wool and monochrome, right? Yeah. So I think they sort of found this way of exchanging ideas that was very fruitful. Mm-hmm. But it's obvious here that Tessa is not interested in helping unless she's going to benefit. Yeah, yeah. Right? That, yeah, and I mean, you know my thoughts about Tessa. So I totally, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so... Before we jump into the next, there, there, there is Marnie Christian time coming up. Anything, anything else? No. Okay. No. So we have Marnie Christian time and they're coming around to the designers and they kind of go in and out, but they're going around again, seeing if there are any fashion disasters happening. If anyone needs to be <laughs> righted. Um, again, we're, I think we talked about this off pod about Marnie and no, we didn't. We talked about it on a pod. Sorry. So we have, this is what happens when we're face to face. I'm like, (laughs) what did we chat about that was recorded? And what did we chat about that was not recorded? It's all jumbled up. But, but here we have, um, Hester talking with Christian and, and Marnie. And it seems as if in a way that they're mostly just generally confused by what she's doing. And she's trying to explain to them what it is. And, um, she tells him, I have a fallback plan because they're just not getting it. She, her fallback plan is to take, because eventually Marnie goes like, I need to see your sketch. Let, let me just like look at what you're sketching, which to me is a very Tim Gunn thing to do. Oh. And so she goes back and gets her sketch, but then she starts drawing on the pad and she's like, so this is what I was thinking. I was thinking of doing like a loopy drapey thing. And they go, yes. And then she goes, and then I was going to do like a googly grop in there. And they go, oh my God, perfect. And she goes, yeah. And then uh, there was like some arm thing here. I'm just going like, to draw these massive circles that mean nothing to anyone except for us. And they go, genius, do that. And I was like, this, I don't know what just happened. And then she leaves. She's like, oh my God, I feel so much better. This is amazing. What, like, what? What, what did Hester said? Oh, thank you. That was the wake up call that I needed. But, yeah, but notice notice how calm Hester is when Marnie's around. Yeah. Sort of like, oh, okay. Yeah, and in a way, I just like, I, I, it's, anyway, I, I, I'm really fascinated by this idea of like, I have a fallback plan, and then this is something that she probably wanted to do anyway, And but the, the first go mm-hmm. is... A struggle. The first go, it makes no sense. It's not Hester. And then it's like, but what about these like weird, this weird shit that I want to do? Like, do the weird shit. That's great. You're Hester. That's exactly. what you're going to do. Yeah. And be loved for. I mean, I wrote in my notes, like, do words have meaning anymore? Because I just really didn't understand a lot <laughs> from that <laughs> exchange. <laughs> because Hester's not making a gown, dot, 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 of sorts, she says. Yeah. Yeah. A survival um, gown. A survival gown. A survival gown. I guess that's a fact. And also, I would think maybe you would you would you would assume that you couldn't do that. Like, is this meeting the challenge? But if they're just like, oh my god, a survival gown? Yes, match. And you're like, okay, great. <laughs> do a survival gown. <laughs> okay. Roll it out. <laughs> um, next, we have a little 
go with Sonia. Mm. And I just wrote a big uh-oh with that. Um, it, she just is, she has like a twig bustle happening and it just kind of sounds like there are um, um, some issues with her and her usage of, of mylar. Mm. But anything about Sonia that stood out? Okay. Not really. Okay, yeah. We also have a, a meeting with COVID. And what I loved about this is that COVID is, of course, just really kind of putting things together and shows him, shows them um, his dress form. And it already has like a little bit of stuff on it, but then he starts adding all of these very different types of things together. He's like this, this, and that. And Marnie and Christian actually looked to me almost, um, be- not bewildered, but even like kind of frightened. Um, yeah, or even they, they, they look almost stunned to me as well. So, yeah, this is a language they have no idea how to enter. Yeah. And, and this is Marnie, Marnie, who works with layers, <laughs> Marnie, who lives for layers and layering and patching and mm-hmm. making unexpected choices with pairings of layers. Yeah. And, 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 and Marnie finds this troublesome. So that's saying a lot. It is. It is. Um, I mean, we even see COVID sketch, which... Which looks much more structured than the actual garment. Yeah, it, it really is uh, leaps and bounds away from what he's actually doing. Very little impulse control. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way of explaining the disconnect there. Um, right, so next we also have Bishmi. And Bishmi is using a sleeping bag. And um, and I think what what's happening mostly with with Bishmi is that there's an issue with how he's using his unconventional challenges, and they're just encouraging him to, you know, be a little bit more adventurous because he's showing them a, a jacket, and it's kind of like it it almost looks like you could have bought it out of a store, even though they've given them actual fabric as materials they i don't think they really want them to look like you went to the fabric store and then with your amazing skills as a constructor of clothes construct this into something that look like you bought out of the store which is what bishmi's garment or um dress form looks like at the moment yeah and it really reminds me of you know um ski barbie yeah you know, Ski Barbie, a yeah, pride, you know, right. with that kind of color. Yeah, with like a, you know, um, like a like a fun little twist. And maybe there's one or two extra buckles there. Mm-hmm. But it was nothing, unfortunately. Well made. Very well made. Very well made. But nothing. Marnie goes and collects some stones. <laughs> like she just went to the woods like, here, just do something natural. Like, here, just put mm-hmm. something on this. Like this, this. Um... Next, we have Rakan. Who I found to be so much more receptive to criticism in this episode. And I was happy to see that. Do you think last week might have uh, shaken him up a little bit? You know what I think? I think that Rakan and Hester are two sides of the same coin. How so? Because <laughs> they both are so invested into the idea of what their aesthetic should be mm-hmm. that 
if they can't control it, they don't know how to react, what to say yes to, how yeah. to edit, how to... So I think Rakan, that was very obvious in the last week episode where Rakan, even with Christian coming in and being like, look at those pants, they're bigger than me, they're taller than me, those pants are taller than my body, you know. Rakan didn't get it. And I think yeah, that yeah. Rakan has ideas and is wants to be a forward thinker and a forward mm -hmm. maker but then this is just he needs more time than the challenges required to work them out yeah so i think that in this challenge it was great to see him be more receptive and more trusting of feedback and be still be invested in his vision mm -hmm. but take little cues because i think that's what really where he went wrong on the, well, one of the many ways in which he went wrong yeah. on the last challenge. Yeah, I totally agree. That's an interesting observation. I feel like that's also helpful for me to hear. Um, okay, so that's pretty much the end of the day for them. It looks as if they're mostly working by daylight, um, even though you do need some lights. I'm thinking about the crew now. Um, you do need lights to film, but um, after we have Rakan's retreat, I mean, Rakan's um, critique, mm -hmm. we say goodbye to Marnie and Christian, and they're just like, oh my god, are you going to like camp out with us? And it's like, like no. no. They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we have a hotel room. So wait, do you like camping? No. Neither do I. Mm -mm. My idea of camping is going to a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, you know, put up some, you know, if I have like a bed post, I'll put some blankets over there, just go underneath it, but I am not... I cannot rough it. I always thought I could, and then I did it once, and I was like, I don't like this at all. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, so I fell for them because there's this really cute shot of Rakan drinking something warm with his little mitten. I know, a little cup. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they're so cold. Yeah. Oh, oh. But such a good trooper because he's, I don't know, he always has like a really pleasant look on his face. Yeah. Um, so Props has set up a bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shout out to props. And they've got s'mores. So I hope they, I'm pretty sure they ain't real food someplace else. And then they're, they're, they have s'mores. Sebastian's very confused by this. <laughs> He's like, why are you burning mushrooms? I'm burning mushrooms. Some, why, why are you, you burning, burning marshmallows? <laughs> why are you burning some squishy, sugary thing? <laughs> Why isn't that on my dress? <laughs> I know. It's like, hmm, this is, this is weird. Um, anyway, but we, again, around this bonfire, we get a little bit into Rakan's background, a little bit about his, his, um, his journey to the U.S., and it confirms some things for me that, yeah, he left Syria mm -hmm. at the beginning of the war in 2011. Mm -hmm. So that's also, like, how long this war has been going on wow. in Syria. Because, um, mm. so he left Syria in 2011, and um, he's kind of like, I've been through, he's been through hell and heaven. To get here. Yeah. He's been through a lot worse and he can definitely take this. So again, like pleasant look on his face, just freezing outside, drinking something really warm with these colorful, beautiful mittens. And it's like, you know what? I'm struggling with my design mm -hmm. and I'm struggling here in this competition and with, you know, all these other types of things, but it's nothing compared to what I've been through. And it's, yeah. 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 And that's why I'm taking that print that I want for the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much my grandmother means to me. I don't care. 
oh, another, okay, that's another thought I have about last week's episode mm-hmm. where it's just like, great, so if any male designer who gets to cry about their grandmother makes money, awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it just, I rolled my eyes, like, with COVID going, oh, I like, you know, yeah, I was raised by strong women, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and it's mm-hmm. just like, it's usually something (laughs) like that even when we have like we have Brandon on the show that you know Brandon uh, Brandon Maxwell whose you know whole inspiration was like yeah my grandmother owned a dress shop and this is why I'm here and it's interesting to me it's valid but it's 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 just interesting it's interesting that there is even a need for justification yeah yeah but also i don't think it's necessarily justification but it's like that's your inspiration for this and even thinking back to um um gosh uh, sorry for bringing up again the assassination of johnny versace but there, there there's a small segment in there about his mother and how mm-hmm. seminal she was in encouraging him to like you know stood up for him and was like yeah you don't have to hide when you watch me so I can see that you're interested and mm-hmm. it's it's like those pushes are so important even Bedell the Bedell oh, from Lifetime like I know. so freaking important and then off podcast before in our crit we had a whole conversation about like you know mommy conversations and Re- how wrecking the mom fest oh yeah the mom fest <laughs> and how for, for some of us is not like the best conversation to have but for some people and, and I think that's also why it's not the best conversation to have if it isn't a good thing for you to talk about because yeah you know, our parents are just like at that core of a lot of the things that we're, that we feel um, any type of proclivity for, who've given us permission to do just about anything. Yeah. So, yeah. But think about if like a non-male designer says, I love to sew because I was really inspired by my mom, mm-hmm. that person would just be emotional. <laughs> right? Yeah. Sometimes it's sort of, hmm. I don't know, I get tired of like, Hearing male designers say, mm-hmm. I was really inspired. I mean, I'm not, uh, yes, that's true. Yeah. But yeah. it's just such a easily capitalizable storyline yeah. for a yeah. designer. Yeah, I agree. It's like, okay, great. You had support. Awesome. And then what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I think Bedell is a great example of that because we don't really know how much support Bedell had from mom until that video, mm-hmm. right? So that's interesting. He didn't have to say that to me. Right, He just right. sort of ran with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, okay, so... Um, I, I say to me, like, Bedell and I were on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> to us as viewers. So, like, the other night, Bedell just kind of, like, mentioned his mom again. It's I like, know. listen, this, all right, this- I understand <laughs> your Canadian and your Canadian mother just, like, loves you so much. I get it. These WhatsApps with Bedell are getting out of control. <laughs> so many videos about his mom. <laughs> and um, galactic sweatshirts. But I do have to say that there was something that COVID says to Rakan that was very comforting. But also in my head, I'm like, I would never want COVID to critique my work. Yes. Because COVID goes, your stuff is always good. I know. Like, I no, saw it's that. not, actually. It's not. But it was so... <laughs> and, and this is another thing about COVID. It's like... There's something about COVID that I relate to, which is the sore winner. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, he's sort of like, oh, Rakan, your clothes are always good. And yeah. there's a little bit of delusion in that. And that, oh, yeah. if it's good to you, it's good, <laughs> which is wonderful. There's something wonderful about that. Right, right. There's something lovely about being supportive and yes. being like, hey, Rakan, yeah. if you yeah. like it, it's good. But there's also something about like, oh, I'm kind of embarrassed to win, uh, you know. Yeah, that, and even the indiscriminate, <laughs> like, aspect of it all where it's like is that how you think about what you're doing like it's not i I don't i don't think it can be and and it can't be for either of you because you have both been on the bottom hard like you both have i almost should have gone home yeah so um okay yes so let's move along all right so we have the next day they get up at 7 a.m or i think it might have been like before 7 a.m but anyway so they get up um, we know that Bishmi really is getting hammered by these spiders outside. This is the, so Bishmi we hear um, is brushing his teeth, and then we see him just like bolting out of his tent because someone's like, "Oh, there's like this spider." This this is spider encounter number two for poor Bishmi. Tess is being bossy again by making people play what I called in my notes her dichotomy game because oh. she goes, "Who enjoys camping?" Who would rather be back in the penthouse? And I was like, can we all stop playing games with Tessa? Because these are the worst ever. I don't know. There's just something about her just standing around me like, um, I'm going to be the one. We're going to play house and I'm going to be the mom. Or we're going to play school and I'm going to be the teacher. So everyone can do what I want to do. I'm like, you're that <laughs> kid. Annoying. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. So, but we also get Bishmi performing an aria called I'm on Project Runway. And it's cold as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I need gloves. I need heat. I need something better to eat besides burnt mushroom. I mean, burnt marshmallows or whatever. Anyway, so they get like nine hours for this day, but um, they're all cold. And I wrote in my notes, this is cruel. And Renee can't feel her fingers. It's just, it's just like, I felt so bad for them because again, this is a whole other full day. They're starting off at the top of the morning. They're working outside. It's 44 freaking degrees. And, um, these days, 44 degrees is kind of like, it's normal. But when you're in, when you're out in that all day long, Mm -hmm. then it is kind of, um, it's a strain. But at the same time, they're having to survive. This Mm -hmm. is all about survival wear. And we'll see later that I think some of the designers were a little bit better about thinking of their models in terms of how they're going to actually um, feel as well in these clothes. All right. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Uh, I have to do math in my head. Um, <laughs> Are you converting from yes. Fahrenheit to Celsius? Yes. So for international listeners, that's yes. about, that's 15 degrees. Get that? 15 degrees Celsius. Around 15 degrees. And yeah. But something is going on here because where were the raccoons? They didn't attack anything. Come on. This is, this is, there's a lot of wildlife. There's deer running around. So yeah. they wake up. Nothing's messed up. So, yeah. you know, I think that 
while Bishmi is so rattled by the spider, I'm like, what did the crew keep away from you all night? I know. <laughs> That's why camping sucks. Is there a tent? Did they spray some stuff? Because if they right. came back with Lyme disease, that would be such a liability. Oh Just my saying. God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I always think about that. That's why I don't go out. Okay, I shouldn't say that's why I don't. But that's one of the reasons why I don't go out camping. When I go into woods, I do you know do you know what jodhpurs are? Of course you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So I actually have a pair of kind of jodhpurs that by miracle still fit me. I've had them for like 15, 20 years. That's what I wear when I go walking in the summer in woods because yeah. I'm just so um, afraid of like getting Lyme. Yeah, it is no joke at all. Like it really is no joke. Um, yeah. For me, I have the whatever your body uh, secretes, <laughs> attracts mosquitoes. Yeah. And so, yeah, I will get bitten until November. Me too. Yeah. Like it, there, there might be one mosquito still alive and it will find me. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm, yeah, whatever. Um, moving on. So um, we have, also I want to point out that the crew is also cold. I think about the crew quite a bit. Um, we're 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 both visual photographers, um, filmmakers, people who have. I mean, we've all kind of been behind a camera. And I noticed that there's an interview with Afa, so they're doing they're still doing their their talking heads and have. I think mainly a lot of the talking heads they've filmed later because some of them they're in a studio, but for Afa, there's a talking head of him from below. So whoever the camera person is, is definitely shorter than Afa. They're, you know, like this five foot three person. I don't know. Or, they're, was... or they're crouching by a fire. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh they can't feel their legs. Or the camera buttons. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But it's funny because, like, we're up off his nose and he's, you know, I, I just was like, we're outside. We're in the elements. We're doing it, guys. It's guerrilla filmmaking for Project Runway. Um, we're not glamping. And this is probably something that I think maybe Nalan will bring up. Um, but we all remember the glamping episode for um, Project Runway the season um, of the one and only Dom Strader. So we can go back to that season where they um, they did, you know, things about camping, but they glamped. Like that was, they did not rough it at all. Mm. Um, probably things of Heidi Klum. Like who knows? Anyway, so let's get into this. So we get to... Oh, is this after COVID prances around for yellow? Oh, this is, I think this is, no, this is before. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, definitely, because I know what you're talking about. Because we have model time, and I love how the models the models get there, um, and they have their time to fit them. They all, we can tell how cold it is. Everyone's wearing, like, their, mm. um, some versions of, jo of, of coats. Mimi has, like, a floor-length um, down jacket. But also I wrote down some of the quotes that the designers told to their, t tell their models in terms of their inspirations. Like, you're going to be Madonna of the forest. You're going to be one of the cold models. You're going to be in a lot of glue. You know, just kind of setting themselves up, setting their models up for um, for this unconventional challenge. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, poor poor models like during the fitting yeah they have to take their their coats off they have to be in their like you know t-strapped um camisoles and and everything and also we also get kind of a look at office outfit which is not really going to cover up much or the difference between these uh designers who are trying to insulate their models or trying to use materials that will keep them warm um and then 
those who are being a little bit more skimpy with their materials. Yeah. Afa was in a different climate zone. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. Because Afa is Samoan. I love Samoan. Um, so that's his inspiration. He's using those flowers, but also thinking of, of that as terms like survival there. Mm-hmm. And even, I don't even know if he even mentioned this, but like using like this idea of like netting as maybe this is a way you can find fish or yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. On the boat, like in the water. Yes. Fishing. In the South Pacific. Yeah. Near, closer to the equator than we are right now and warmer. So yeah. 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 All right. So anyway, so we, we have our model fitting and we also have this integrated time with Christian Siriano as well. And for you, did anything send out with at this time where they're trying on clothes or any issues that they're having with fittings and blah, blah, blah? Um, I was just, at, by this point, I was really um, disappointed in Sebastian. Hmm. Not in Sebastian as a person, but mm-hmm. in the design. I just was so unimpressed by it Hmm. in the design of the garment very unimpressed yeah and disappointed because i i know what sebastian is capable i don't know but from what we've seen we've seen what sebastian is capable of yeah 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 um yeah i was i was also i don't know i i think i also was afraid by this point that Oh, no, they're all using rope in the same way. Right. Which they've done before on Project Runway. Yeah, they have. They always do the same thing with that rope. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's interesting, and and listeners, those of you who've seen all all the episodes just like we have, I mean, especially this one, you kind of know what we're talking about. Like the ones who are making these bustiers and these um, bras with circling around the rope yeah. and creating their own little yeah yeah the Jean-Paul, the Jean-Paul Gaultier yes yeah with the, the like the the ropey skirts and kind of like yeah 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 um all right so let's let's move on to the part where we have just four and a half um hours hours into into the end of the day um we also we also kind of see some of the models through their walks. And I made a note about Sonia because she met with Christian Siriano. Oh, she met with Siriano and they're like, you need to have her walk in this. And for some reason, Sonia didn't seem to be, um, didn't have any urgency in seeing how the actual garment walked or even about length. And so once she actually gets to take her out in the woods, there's a scene where she's walking with her model and Sonia's running besides her beside her and Sonia looks two inches tall compared to her model who looks like this gigantic tree just walking through the forest it was interesting I was like how tall is Sonia and how tall is her model Mm -hmm. anyway it was just kind of like a surreal little Hmm. thing going back to back all right so we have our our yeah so we have our 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 models um they they say goodbye and they have until sundown officially to work on the last of these garments. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, I think they're, they're still like only working by natural light. But we do have Rakan and Sebastian have like a little, a little debrief. I liked it. Yeah, same here. 
But what'd you like about that? Or <laughs> I liked how Rakan was sort of, oh, try this, mm-hmm. try this. And I thought, oh, that's good. I like seeing this. But I also thought it was funny when Rakan said, oh, Siriano didn't have concerns. He had something else. Oh, no. So I think Sebastian asked Rakan, like, so what, what were your, what are your concerns? Right. And right, he was right. like, I don't have, I don't concerns. have any concerns. I have. Oh, no, no. He says, like, what are your fears? He's like, what are your fears? He's like, I don't have any fears. I have have concerns. Yes, that's it. I thought that was cute. Yeah, same. I'm like, let's be specific about our words. I love it. Yeah. And what they mean. All right. So here we have the moment of COVID. Oh, um, bartering for yellow. Bartering for yellow. (laughs) Prancing and bartering for yellow. My new favorite workout routine. (laughs) Because COVID needs something else. And when COVID needs something, it's not just like, I'm, I'm going to think about this. No, he actually gallops around the clearing, asking people for things. And he finally goes to Renee and they make a switch. And I think it was actually a really smart switch. It was a very mutual beneficial switch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Renee needed something that wasn't a tarp, some other kind of fabric. And then COVID needed something that was going to go with his orange and something that made a little bit more sense. Because he had a cow skin. He had a brown and white cow skin. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, you can't use that. <laughs> You're not going to make that go. Um, yeah, yeah. So we also see that at the end of the day, Tessa has spent most of her time weaving a tiny top. Half a garment. Yes. Basically. So she made her loom. And then she kind of goes out and she also has to scavenge and look for random things to kind of fill in the spaces in her, her tiny top. (laughs) Anything else before we get to the bonfire? No. Um, Anything at the bonfire? No. Okay. Because I think it's just interesting that they're all still singing this song. Oh, right. Vishmi song. Yeah. Vishmi song. And um, Araya. Vishmi Zaraya. Wait, say it again. Vishmi Zaraya. Is that his last name? No. Isn't it, didn't you say that word before? Oh, it's Arya. Oh, yeah. Ari- yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, please excuse me. <laughs> no, it's I okay. meant what you said. I, I was thinking the same thing that you said. Because Vishmi has this wonderful, like, operatic voice, like, oh. So wait, what's the word? Araya? No. Arya. Arya. Yeah. Arya. Yeah. It's, okay. yeah, just like a solo, basically, Arya. like okay. an operatic solo. Um, yeah. And so, anyway, so let's fast forward to the next day, because I think it should be noted that they get up at 530 in the morning. And they get up, they drink coffee. It is still freaking dark outside. Um, but what is interesting is that someone says, I hope it doesn't rain. Mm-hmm. And, oh, shoot. Yeah. Someone says, I hope it doesn't rain. And um, someone else, Garo, I think, says, Smells the rain. Yeah. <laughs> what a time to be right. <laughs> What a time that Garo actually is on point. Or maybe Garo was lucky. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I'm I'm all about not giving him points, so I'll take that back. <laughs> I'll take that back. But um, in my notes, I wrote, "Holy shit, they are sewing before the sun comes up." Oh my god, I just, I've never felt so bad for them. And um, I was feeling kind of weird throughout this whole entire episode, and I don't really know why, but I think it's because it made me so physically uncomfortable to know what it's like. Or I don't, I don't know what it's like to be outside for you know 
15 hours straight or had to camp for two days straight, but in the cold, in the cold. And then for me, what's, it's always depressing when, when time changes or when the days get shorter and you, you have to get up before the sun actually comes up because I'm just, I kind of need some light to get motivation. But, um, for a good part of the prep for the runway show, they're in the dark. I also wonder why they had to film so early in the morning, um, but perhaps to get them out ASAP. So um, anyway, I just, yeah. Yeah, anyway. So anyway, so while they're getting things ready, the sun breaks, hair and makeup is done at the crack of dawn, and they eventually head into the the uh the dressing area there there's like a wonderful tint but during hair and makeup or whatever um there's a moment with one of the models um did you want to say because i was going to mention it so this model i think i believe it's tessa's model or yeah tessa's tessa's model and so she so tessa's you know dressing her and um, this model is black and she has natural hair and she goes, oh my God, like I look like a cave woman, especially with my hair. That was so weird. Oh my God. And I didn't write any notes about it, but I, but in my head, it's been in the back of my head. I'm like, I, and you know, I just want to say that, um, we can think about, oh my gosh, so many things, you know, you go to the um, natural history museums and you see those tableaus of what like Neanderthals look like or what, you know, Australopithecus might've looked like or whatever. (laughs) But it's kind of like, you're, I also wonder what it, what it means for a model who's black, who says about her natural hair, that it makes her look even more like a cave woman. And if you're not especially like referencing um, actually where the first humans came from, because perhaps they actually did, you know, that, you know, first humans are from Africa. So we can talk about all of that, like anthropological history stuff, whatever, but it kind of hurt my heart a little bit. And I kind of just, I want to ask that model more questions. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, it's just like not saying that there is anything I don't know. I just was, I just, I'm like, I just want to, I just want to know more about why you think that it's more authentic, um, to be like a cave woman. And what does a cave woman mean to me, mean to you? Like, what, what is that? And, and also what is it, um, about your hair that you think, or what has anyone told you about your hair? Right. Um, right. Cause I really love her hair and, th- and not that she doesn't love it, but it's kind of like, there are those, cause I've been hearing a lot about, um, Oh my gosh. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent again. But um uh I listened to a podcast where they were where they went to the Spice Girls and talked about like, you know, growing up and then having the black spice be scary spice, you know, because she had this crazy hair and she wears like leopard print and all this other stuff. But there's that there's that that really fine line of that connotation between like you know, um, this idea of like being primitive to this idea of being of African descent or, mm-hmm. or uh, reflecting African features in a certain way. And I'm just like, oh my God, be careful. And again, again, someone chose to highlight that mm-hmm. through the edit. In the edit. In the way that they did yep. after an episode where when the brown woman got upset, mm-hmm. the episode is called All the Rage. All the Rage. Right. That's number one. And number two, what really made me kind of sad at hearing the model say that. It's like, wow, you are beautiful. Yeah. Like you fit 
what a beautiful model should look like. Right. Or, 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 that's Okay, I take that back. What I mean is you fit what people have agreed that is the industry standard. Yeah. Right? I don't think there's only one way to be a beautiful model. Yeah, exactly. But this particular person fits the mold that industry has been organized around, mm-hmm. and she's beautiful, mm-hmm. and she still thinks that. Yeah. And it, that just made me sad, because what if you were a black or brown body that needed a cane to move or whatever else, mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. some other, you know, didn't feel, didn't get compliments all the time mm-hmm. in the way that I expect yeah, yeah. this woman gets. Exactly. Right? And and at the same time, like, you know, this is, I think this also brought us back to, you know, us referencing or this this whole thing referencing where fashion originally came from. Mm-hmm. And in a way, to me, that was... Some such a better answer than them thinking like, oh, let's talk about European history of fashions. Like, no, let's talk about the cradle of humanity. Mm-hmm. And without actually saying explicitly that the cradle of humanity is in Africa, mm-hmm. then we'll talk about how it's at the, at least at the beginning of all civilization before we had ideas of what nationality and race were. And so, um, and also this whole, it's, it really isn't about that. It's about actually surviving right now and be, and having this layer of just, you know, survival chic and it's modern. Mm. And anyway, so I know she's probably making a joke, but I was like, girl. But it's an interesting structure to expose mm-hmm. how survival can't happen unless we have these social things worked out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, way. yeah. So many layers, so many layers here. Okay, so let's move on. And anything, so since we're we're kind of running, so anything before we get to the runway or should we just go straight? Runway. Yes, let's do it. Let's get to the runway. And so we do have some drama because Garo Sparrow got lucky and predicted the rainstorm. Mm-hmm. We can also kind of tell that they had to delay the runway show. <laughs> and so there's this promo part where Nina Garcia is like, I have a leak. There is a leak on my part of the tent. And then, um, you know, Brandon is like, there's a leak here too. And Elaine's like, there's a leak here too. And the whole crew is just like, fuck these tents. Like, Meanwhile, Marnie's like, whatever. It rained on the set of Mary J. Blige. We were fine. <laughs> you know, like Marnie's like, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Marnie is not rattled by this. She's like, she's where's like, the music? I know. She's like, can we just throw one of these tarps on? Because look at all this unconventional shit that you guys have. This is perfect. We just layer stuff and then we're not wet. <laughs> We've got some sewing machines over here. And like, let's just throw on what the designers threw away. <laughs> anyway, so like they're in a torrential downpour. And we have like the designers all situated underneath whatever they were able to put up to um, protect them from the rain. But also um, we have Carly Kloss coming out in a ponytail or actually like a bun that just basically means, you know, my hair got wet and fuck this shit. Mm. (laughs) I'm just going to wear a bun. Um, Anyway, so we have our normal people. We have Nina, Elaine, and Brandon. Mm. And um, I'm sorry, they're all just kind of looking great. I just love their coats. I'm just really into it. And um, yeah, and Carly wearing some interesting outerwear. A cape. With arms. A yeah. Beige uh, yeah, a cape. cape. Yeah, a beige cape with some with some graphics on it. It's interesting. All right. Well, let's get into this runway, everyone. Okay, so first up we have Hester Sunshine. Um and also, I have to say that this whole show reminded me of, I do believe it might have been a Dior show that I think was Dior, 
or Ralph Lauren, I can't remember, but there was someone from last season who had this indoor-outdoor feeling that looked almost exactly like this, which I thought was really interesting. But let's let's focus on Hester first. Mm-hmm. And any any thoughts on this on this look here? Thank you, Elaine, for Ugh. stating the obvious. I mean, okay, go into that. Because we're also going to like build in what the judges said and we're all going to like yeah. put it all together. So I want to say that aside from the... I really loved the shoes mm-hmm. from this look. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really bored with the, the little bustier because I, I think they all do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch Pro- Project Runway inconsistently. Like I've seen most of the seasons, but <laughs> not all of them for sure. And even mm-hmm. I have seen too much of that. Yeah. Um, so that says a lot. But the neck wear, I was like, why is that there? Like, that's mm-hmm. not, what is that about survival? Yeah. That, that is not about survival. So I was really happy to hear Elaine say, this feels very Afrocentric. There's a fine line between appropriation and appreciation. Mm-hmm. So I was really, I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah. I, I can't believe she had to say it. But I was also really proud of Hester for saying, oh, yes, you know, for just kind of owning up to her own mindset at the time so i was sort of was like okay that's that's good yeah because you know, that's she, how we learn yeah because she said she's like oh yeah i was thinking about the neck stretching and I, I i wrote in my notes i'm like i'm so glad that elaine is there for this very thing because also i i i'm really here for the alliteration and the rhyming that she's been giving us every week and um and yeah i thought it was a very important point to bring up because she's referencing something extremely specific and at the same time use those ropes in a different way than almost everyone else but it it, it kind of helped that she was so and and i think this is what nina says like so meticulous in making the bustier and i think if it weren't so well made and also didn't have that drape of of leaves around it or or this extra thing and the shoes Oh yeah, I like, mean honestly, I I credit all of that to Marnie. Yeah, like Marnie's influence uh, yeah. with the styling. I, I mean, it's so freaking cute. Looks yeah. so comfortable, and um, you know this model is definitely freezing, but you can't tell. Mm-hmm. She's probably just shivering her ass off. But um, the shoes are amazing. so amazing. They were my favorite part of this. Me too. And Me I too. I don't mind the lopsided boobs in the bustier. Oh, I think in a way it's really. I didn't even notice that. Fascinating. And, you know, we have the only kind of reference to the cradle of civilization is accidental. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Because it's kind of in vogue, Um, unfortunately. (laughs) It's always in vogue. Um, Next we have Benny. And um, who's used mostly a tarp and utility rings, camouflage, and rope. All in proportions that I don't understand. Man, huge sleeves. Sleeves are still a thing for us here. But also, um, the the rope is kind of draped around her in a way that looks like a snake. Um, so to me, I, I, I thought that was very interesting. But, but I wrote down, um, it's like chic Lord of the Rings in a way. It just kind of looks like she's a wood person, a character in one of those epic mm. fantasy novels, like, you know. Yeah, I, I think this to me seems like when you go to Renaissance fairs, if they mm-hmm. had um, things about the future, they would mm-hmm. look like that, where it's yep. not really that separate from their world. 
but separate enough. <laughs> yeah. And then also the, the, the skirt is made up of a very similar thing as, um, as Hester's. Like hmm. the skirt is very similar, but oh. his, her skirt has a different shape to it. It's a more flirty, hmm. fun, you know, something that just kind of goes with, with, with all of it. And it's kind of, um, I don't know. The, the shape to me is just more satisfying. Yeah. So, all right. Next we have Garo. And I think his model's name is Asia. I really loved I Asia liked, so this much. Is by far the best model on this show. Because she's wearing a bungee cord dress with fishing lures. It looks like everything else that anyone else has made. There's nothing spectacular about this dress at all. The bust line, the, the neckline is so flattering to her, but because she has a, a great set of clavicles and it, she has like great boobs. Great arms. Great arms. And she moves really well. I, I appreciate the slow-mo because they had to get like the, the ropes kind of catching. But again, we, we look at her from head to toe and nothing really done with the shoes. This to me doesn't look like something that you could survive in. Um, definitely cold. In the elements and and definitely something that's not um, I don't I don't know it just doesn't seem I'm trying to get like the pictures here um, it doesn't seem as if something that you would that that fits the challenge in my opinion so yeah this poor model yeah and then we have COVID. No, we have Jamal. Oh, Jamal, my my apology. Yeah, next we have, we have Jamal. Jamal, and um, this is the um, protective puffy jacket piece with sleeping bag, umbrella, and a thermal mylar blanket. Here, um, he and did something really interesting with the hair and makeup too. Yeah, but any any thoughts on this one? I really didn't like it. Yeah, I. I don't know. It was survival aesthetic, mm -hmm. but it didn't really think beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really think there is, I, you know, I, I, I'm yet to see him do anything interesting with this, this, this fabric, with this shape. Like, can you do something that kind of evokes something that makes me think you can do something special in sculpting a down coat or yeah. down duvet? So... Um, and the leaves didn't provide I don't know yeah I mean the pants really reminded me of Rakan's pants last week oh yeah yeah I mean kind of scrunched up but they have like this um, interesting little racer stripe down mm. it as well which oh, okay. I was like okay I guess we can do athleisure and mm. survive the elements <laughs> yeah Next Tessa. is Tessa, Tessa with rope netting, string, and bark. Um, so I didn't mention this, but her bra broke before the runway. Her bark bra. <laughs> her bark bra. bra. Can you imagine when your bark bra breaks? Oh, my God. Can you imagine wearing a bra made of bark? Can you? Yeah. I can't. I mean, it would, you know. seems like it would be so uncomfortable. It would hurt. I don't know. But um, again, freaking cold model. <sighs> the sweater she made is off the shoulder and it stops um, slightly at like hip level, I guess, like high hip level. And the rest of the skirt is just... It's a cardigan. Netting. It's a cardigan. Yeah, with a weird looking like... The, 
I'm wondering if she thinks it's a peplum. It just looks unfinished at the bottom. It looks super unfinished. It's also, this reminded me of things that both Betsy Johnson and actually Anna Sui hmm. has done in the mid to late 90s, mm-hmm. where a top like the, wearing a top like this and a short and a combat boot was an outfit. Yeah. And that yeah. hasn't been the case for a long time. Yeah. Um, so in a way for me, this was very dated. Yeah, same. Um, and also, I feel like she didn't really do enough. It just was like, you just kind of wrapped a, around. She made a textile. So that's not a conventional... To me, that's making a textile mm-hmm. doesn't really... I don't know. I mean, it's only because it, it could be it could be unconventional, um, but she made something conventional out of something unconventional, unconventional materials, which is backwards. Mm, kind of yeah. backwards. And then here's Sebastian. I was very disappointed in this. Leaves and duct tape. Um... It's a very uh, simple silhouette of a dress with like a, you know, very sculpted skirt that some people in the past have called a peplum. It's not a peplum. Hmm. It's not even um, a take on a peplum. But also there's this belt around it that I'm, you know, it's, I think the way he's placed the leaves are really thoughtful, Hmm. but it's all about that placement and nothing really about the design of it. I was also very disappointed in this look. Oh, this one. Well, Sebastian, I was really disappointed because really, nature leaves as an outfit. This comes back to how you started the podcast, talking about, you know, these, um, like, Eve, you know, these, like, fig leaf coverings. Yeah. Yeah. And I sort of thought, oh. I mean, this is so conventional for this challenge. And yes, it's an unconventional right, material. Right. But yeah, I mean, this didn't cut it for me. Because at first I appreciated him for using all natural materials and a little bit of duct tape. And that's just about it. But but it's almost like, you know, um, there's not enough going on there. And you have so many of these other things that you could have mixed it up with. And it's hard to stand out when you have people making crazy shit that also is you know, in some parts, very remarkable. So. Yeah. But also if there's somebody who can stitch together some leaves mm-hmm. and make a material, mm-hmm. I would bet that would be Sebastian. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So he made a dress without a sewing machine that was stiff as cardboard, like wearing a Halloween costume from leaves you've raked from the front yard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was sort of, he could have actually made a material out yeah. of those leaves. And yeah. that's where I was like, ah, you've played, you've made very limp fabrics, like stand up before. I know, you did it last week. Last you week. You did it. So anyway. All right. So next we have Bishmi. Oh, Ski Barbie. <laughs> Sleeping bag, mat, branches, and rocks. And... Thank God for Marnie a little bit because the most exciting thing about this is the skirt that he glued the rocks on and some twigs as well. Um, I just thought he could have done the top with this as well. It just seemed mismatched. The top was a little too normal. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that he wasn't on the bottom, quite frankly. Bishmi? Yeah. Oh. Only because it just looked so normal. Yeah, so elegant. I know, which is not a terrible word, but for this, no, in for a way, this, I'm like, I don't know. It looks very conventional. But the thing is that's good about this is that his model could survive in the wild. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to and it's maybe just Sebastian's a, model. Yeah. yeah, right, right. 
I don't think even think that dress had pockets. Okay. Um, they all make the same bustier. Yes, there's also the bustier that has like that weird, um, like you know, I don't know, rope. I, I won't even say like macrame, but it's almost like you know, made a boost. Everyone's making a bustier out of rope, so. COVID. Next. COVID. Sleeping bag, mat, and a tarp. Oh. So we see what he did with the the um, the yellow tarp that um, yeah. was given to him. And yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on this, Patricia? I think, I think you have a lot to say. I liked what Carly said for the first time in the show, which was, that's not functional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting because he starts off in the judging round by saying, you know, I, he took off all of his clothes to see what it would be like to be in 44-degree weather and then layered on top of that because he wanted her to be comfortable and wanted to be functional. And then, yes, functional. Um, <laughs> also, what I thought was interesting is he's covered her hands up with this rope and... It's just like oh, I Brandon had the best comment. Oh my god. I wrote it down verbatim. <laughs> so I said, so Brandon goes, Can I see her hands? And then Coco goes, Okay. And then Brandon goes, I also kind of paraphrase it. Sorry. So he goes, This looks like the Tin Man, the Scarecrow. Like they both of them got together and they got their brains and their hearts, but their bodies started rejecting it. And then they're doing their best to keep it in. So then they get this chain link fence that they found in Emerald City. And it makes them want to strap up their red ruby flat platforms and then click their heels together, get their puppy dog, and go back to Manhattan. Because it was like, <laughs> it was so true. I was like, yes, it looks like she's wearing, or he made for her, like, mylar gloves or something like that. But it just, it's so confusing. And it's, um... Which I don't think, I don't think COVID made those. Those are probably like wood gathering gloves or something like that for <laughs> like, like your axe, you know, that they didn't have. Yeah. But yeah. still, I'm not sure that COVID made those. Anyway. It yeah. And I thought, I loved how Nina looked at this and she was like, there's some good news for you. I like the pants. And I agree with Nina. I do really mm. like what he did with the pants that he got with, you know, used material from Renee. It just kind of seemed like that was the only good thing, thing that really came from this. Okay. Let's move on to Renee. Love it. I didn't love this. I was really confused. This in this. So Renee um, has like all these layers and in a way it kind of, Harkens back to last week with a fanny pack that Afa had, and but she doesn't have just a fanny pack. She has a fanny pack. She has a, a front pack made of cow skin, and then she has like her tarp that's waterproof. She has her mug clipped to her front. She has like her her emergency kit, maybe with some food strapped on the other side. She has gloves on. Um, she has a compass. A, she has a compass, mm -hmm. and then she has. A, she has a troop patch on her left shoulder that says troop dope. I didn't know what that meant. Is that something? Like we're a dope troop. Oh. Troop dope. Like, yes. Oh, like we are, we're, we're a badass troop. Oh, I thought that was sort of the brand of the tarp because I, I didn't no. really understand. No, she wrote that on it. Like <laughs> troop dope. Very Philly. That's I so funny. Loved it. <laughs> Has a hood. There's a zipper. And then s s more shit on the back. And then she has a water jug. 
as her purse. Oh, yeah. And She's ready. Yeah. And I think in any other... I would think in any other iteration of Project Runway, they would have been like, there's just too much mm-hmm. going on here. Which there is. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. And so I was really surprised when Nina Garcia was just like... I am really into it. This is my favorite look. You know, it's like, I, I really mm. like it. And everyone's like, oh my God, you can actually survive in this. And Renee, this whole time, was really wondering if she was approaching this whole challenge. Too literally. Yeah, yeah. And she, thank God she did. So apparently, because at the beginning of the critique for Renee, I was like, Nina's face doesn't look good. Like, it almost looked like she was scowling or her nose was mm. turned up or whatever. But... Elaine goes, um, in the words of Destiny's Child, your model is a survivor. And I was like, <laughs> what? And, like, and, it, and it's like, oh, my God, they love it. This is great. And, um, yeah, they're, and they're very much into that gallon of water bottle, uh, that water bottle. Yeah. And I was surprised nobody said, wow, the backpack straps on the back are very useful for carrying things. Yes. They are. And I thought, my God, Renee, that's genius. I know. It's really, I, you know, she's probably, you know, she can give this to her kids. You know, she can make the same outfit for her children and they can all go out and, you know, hike the mountains and do whatever it is that they already do because they're yeah. apparently amazing. And um, where would their mom wear them? Because even though she doesn't like to camp, freaking functional. She can make camping gear. Yeah. All right. So next we have Leela. Total boredom for me. Sorry. Um, same. It's a rope. Again, it's a rope top. Um, I didn't like her model's makeup. I didn't like I the I didn't shoes. understand that that asymmetrical skirt. Yeah, it's like this like, irid- iridescent overlay. But why the asymmetry? Like, is survival about asymmetry? I th- when? I, you know, I think I, fashion is about asymmetry. Uh-huh. So, you know, I feel like that's a part of it as okay. well. Okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I don't have much to say. Sorry, everyone. And mm. then we have Rakan. So, what did I write about this? I wrote gauze legs <laughs> because he he took some notes and actually applied them. Um, put gauze on the legs, didn't cover it up the way I think Christian and Marnie would have liked for him to, to, to do, didn't go as far with, because that was gauze, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, didn't go as far with the gauze as he could have, but instead went a little bit over, I, I kind of pushed it with the sculpting of the um, the sleeping bags. Um, what did you think about this? I was on the fence. I didn't. I was surprised that this finished up on top. I didn't really like it when he when Rakan was working on it, but when I saw the slope down the runway, mm-hmm. I really liked it. But again, I, I saw it as an editorial. Yeah. Because um, the gauze on the leg is not something anyone is going to do for survival, which is fine. It's chic. Mm-hmm. Like there's survival chic. That's the chic part. Right. Um, but I really liked the, the bodice that mm. was gauze. Yeah, um, same. Because it came with a zipper. Yeah. Right? So Rakan worked really hard on that. Yeah. I also liked during the judging, you know, the idea of, you know, he's using a sleeping bag. And someone asked him, I think it was, was it Carly? Asked him, like, do you like camping? 
<laughs> and I'm like, did she have, did she ask everyone that? Like, why is she asking Rakan that? And he goes, oh no, I mean, especially if you can't fit into the sleeping bags. Right. And I hadn't even, I've never even thought about that. And then of course, like Brandon has a moment where he's like, oh, I'm with you on that. And I was just like, yeah. oh yeah, no, that's, that's an interesting perspective on another yeah. reason why camping is not that comfortable next we have Afa and with Mimi which by the way we've seen so much worse on Project Runway than this look I mean it's kind of like this really interesting bodice I thought with an um not not a lot of wait so not a lot of rope I'm trying to um see here like exactly what materials were used but still referenced his South Pacific heritage in a way that I thought was, you know, it was still kind of okay. Mm -hmm. But what were, what were your thoughts on it? Overdone. I wrote down overdone, mm -hmm. not good. Yeah. And I don't think those flowers were necessary. I think there was just a lot of elements that were trying to make up for something that Afa didn't know how to resolve or didn't have the time to resolve. Also, I, I thought... I've already said this. Afa was in a different climate. So it's really easy to stand out in a negative way when you are literally dressing for a different climate than yeah. everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I thought what, what was kind of like the kiss of death here is that um, they, during the judging, Carly took her blanket that they had given them as judges and wrapped for the model Mimi, like wrapped Mimi up. And, um, and I noticed Mimi's face that I was like, you know, because none of the models seem to be shivering, which I thought was just crazy. I'm like, it is freezing out there. How is it that you guys aren't just like collapsing up there? And um, but her her face looked really worn, but it wasn't because she was cold. It was just because she knew that Alpha wasn't getting a good mm -hmm. critique. And it to me, it felt like she was pain for him uh -huh. rather than like pain for her her own well being. Yeah. Um, and I have to say that this, I was, I really had a hard time as to what. I liked and what I didn't like. Um, everything was just just very fascinating to me. And, I, and my favorite part of the whole entire episode was watching the models. And then yeah. um, speaking of models, let's get to our, our last model here. Um, don't know her name, but she's Sonia's model. Also had to get help from the judges because Sonia did not hem the front of her dress. She forgot. And the girl nearly fell face first on the runway. <laughs> I mean, for me, that is an automatic going home moment. I've never seen it. And I don't really know because also, you know, this is a production note that we've mentioned on the show before that um, traditionally they film the runway three times. And it's like from from the front, we want the side with the judges and we want the side with the with the uh, the designers and have them sort of be there. And then they kind of splice it together the for it to look like they're all in a room at the same time. But with this one, we all know that they're in the room at the same time because the judges run up and then Sonia is just head in hand, like, oh my God. It takes Tessa to say, hey. Do you want to go help? I can't believe, I couldn't believe that. Do you Get up. Go fix it. Sonia's just like watching her, her garment fail in front of her. The model can't kick herself out of it. And she's just like, collapsing onto Tessa's shoulder and Carly and I think Brandon and maybe Nina all of them got up I was like that's a project on my first that is a project on my first it's not good 
Um, this, this look also, um, I don't think it was absolutely terrible, but it's not good if your model can't walk in it. And that's what Cristiano says backstage. Cristiano was like, I told her that mm. that model can't walk in it. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about how terrible this look is. No need. I think, I think, the, well, I guess it's subjective, but yes, the garment yes, kind is. of makes it, I mean, actually, I think Brandon said it best when Brandon said, I want to put this, what was it? I want to keep it wrapped up and put it in the oven. Duct tape. Well, it looks <laughs> duct taped in foil and ready to stick in the oven. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, unless she had a hat that was about melting butter, I do not know <laughs> what would make sense with this outfit in terms of survival. Because to me, I'm like, you could do so many things with, 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 with mylar, but that's a, the problem with mylar. It's, um, it keeps you incredibly warm. That's what Sonia said. She's like, I wanted to be Mylar because I wanted her to be warm outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And great, wonderful. But then if you're going to use that much on the bottom, knowing how delicate that stuff is, it's it's this thing that's extremely um, can keep you very warm. But at the same time, it's a material that you can you know easily throw away, and it's meant to just fold up into little. It's earth. It's earth. It's, it's earthquake kid blanket. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if you are using mylar mm -hmm. to keep warmth, then you keep it close to the body. Yeah. You don't keep it below ankle length. I know. Billowing. Yeah. Billowing. Yeah. I mean, that that's not about warmth then. No, it isn't. Um, which is fine. Some element of showmanship is wonderful for a runway. Right, right. But didn't work here. Right. Didn't work here. Failure. Okay, so we kind of alluded to the, the, the designers who were our our tops and who were our low scores our top designers just to be very very explicit about it was hester renee and rakan and then our lowing our lowest scores were covid afa <laughs> and sonia so those were our low scorings um low scoring designers so let's talk about who went home I was so confused by all of this. And also, listeners, if you were also confused or if you also had your 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 um, favorite highs and lows, please let us know. But Patricia, mm -hmm. who ends up going home? Afa sadly went home. Very sadly. I don't think this was Afa's best week. No. But who was on the bottom? Sonia and Kavid. Yeah. Both of whom had disastrous runway um shows this week yeah and i thought yes office look deserved to be on the bottom but this right. is his first time on the bottom as opposed to has COVID, covid been twice on the bottom i believe so i believe he's been he's been down there how many more chances times? is yeah our prancing meditator going to get because i don't think he has covid has been very inconsistent mm. with the ability to construct. Whereas yeah. um, Afa, Afa can sew. Mm -hmm. He has been a helper. He's been the person who, we remember our dearly beloved, um, was it Frankie, mm -hmm. who he willingly helped her, um, you know, at the, at the expense of his own design, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. also finished at the top. Yeah. was in one of the top scoring teams before. And then we have Sonia, who last week had like this awful print, who deserved, I think, also to be on the bottom. I think her model saved her from being on the bottom last yeah, week. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. Um, so that was, I don't understand that decision-making process because 
two weeks ago, everybody was drooling and flipping their lids over the pants mm-hmm. that Afa made. Yep, yep. And other things that, and the shoe coverings, yep. right? Yep, So you know what this person is capable of, but Afa doesn't get a chance. Meanwhile, COVID gets a third chance. Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I really was surprised by this because so uh, <laughs> because Patricia kind of spoiled it for me like before. I'm so sorry. It's, no, it's totally fine. I but felt so bad. You were so gracious, thing. by the way. Thank you for being so gracious yeah, about no, my faux pas. I don't I don't mind because kind of like I thought maybe you were wrong. Oh, throughout the whole thing, I was like, well, maybe she, may, like maybe she actually didn't think that. Like, I mean, it was like I. Okay, I didn't think that Afa was going because so who I thought was going was actually Sonia because I and not COVID because COVID's too much of a projection wonder and I was like well maybe Sonia's like she had she's had all of these moments where she hasn't been on the bottom ever she's been safe but like an ugly safe and I was like well maybe this is a time for her because we also learned that she was from Parsons we we, we get all of this backstory from Sonia and I was just like. Yeah, yeah. I, and again, a Project Runway First has never happened before. And I was like, great, great. That's the person's going on. And I was like, well, I think Patricio might have been wrong. Like, maybe. Yeah. And so I, but also, anyway, so we can, we don't have to talk more about that. But I, I, I agree with you. I, I disagree with um, the judges this week. I thought Sonia should have gone. COVID, I just feel like, has some, um, narrative story left there and so i thought you haven't heard a lot from again sorry sonia i'm just gonna probably harp on you from now on like she's gonna be my my new mm. person to look out for because i think her days are numbered after this anyway moving on do you want to ask me who won do you <gasps> Ernest, tell me who won renee <laughs> Renee I was so happy. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just like finally, yes. and also for an outfit that I wasn't sure about because I was again, again. This I I think any of these could have gone either way. I didn't know who was on the top, who was on the bottom, whatever. But I'm so glad. I'm just yeah. I'm glad that she finally like got recognized for for this and a whole bunch of crap on clothes, but being literal and that it worked out for her. Yeah, and I'm really glad that. People like the judges really said, oh, she pleated that tarp. Oh, she used this elastic. Oh, she put a zipper there. Oh, look at how she accessorized with all these utilitarian things. Yeah, yeah. I thought, well done, Renee. Yeah, because those things are also what I appreciate about this time with the judges as, judges as well. I couldn't really see what they were saying. And there's something about this material, but I believe them. You know, it's... Like I can't really see exactly where um, she's pleaded things, but also where there was a zipper, but that they could appreciate all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, what did COVID or Sonia do? And I don't know. I'm Nothing. still like, wait, what? Nothing. Do? Like, wrap your, <laughs> you know, because like Sonia wrapped her model up in this whatever, and then COVID just wraps up her, wraps up her, his model in like chains. I'm just like, what the? I know. Anyway. It was sort of like, it was like the Xena Barbie and the Ren and Stimpy Barbie. Barbie. Okay? COVID and <laughs> Sonia. It's like the existential crisis, pink. Yeah. And Xena the Warrior Princess, yeah. 
gown. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. All right. Anything else before we wrap this up? No, no, that that was, a, that was yeah, quite enough. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Patricia. Yes. Where can people find you? And do you have anything to share? Mm, nothing to share this week. Um, I'm mostly kind of writing grant applications for <laughs> whatever reason. Um. So nothing to share, mm-hmm. but I can be found on Twitter. Um, and my handle is sense and sight. That's S E N S E and S I G H T. And you can find me, of course, on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram at Ernez H E R N E A S E, online on my website, ErnezDavis.com. And then you can also follow the podcast. So, again, um, we always ask, or I would say also Nalen usually is a person who does this part, um, rate us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever it is that you listen because it helps people find us. And people have been finding us, which has been really wonderful as we make our way through the show. Um, we're on this, we're still in the very early parts of this Bravo journey, and it's been really wonderful. And then, of course, I have to thank Patricia for oh. joining me. This has been really wonderful. Thank you for welcoming me back. Of course. <laughs> um, and also, thank you, listeners, for your kind words about having Patricia on. And also, yes, I, thank al- you. I love it hearing how you guys are feeling about um, my wonderful co hosts in um, Dear Samelia's absence. And, we, and shout out to Samelia and TextileShop.com. I'm still busy sewing away and doing like super, super duper things on her and in Memphis. Um, And so, yeah, that's it from us. Thank you for listening with us. Um, Wonderful to have you along here and um, can't wait to hear your thoughts and to share more. So until next week, we'll say goodbye. Bye. Bye.